1: if you are even remotely a savage you'll run these people over in a second Welcome into the Action Network podcast presented by FanDuel, Brendan Glashine, joined by our two MMA experts. They have all things covered in the Action app. Also, ActionNetwork.com, Sean Zarillo and Billy Ward. In this episode, we're breaking down UFC Vegas, Jan versus Davish Vili. This weekend from the theater at Virgin Hotels in Vegas, looking at our favorite underdogs, props, and more. And then we'll finish up with best bets. But first... We, as we normally do, dissect the main event. We have Piotr Jan and Marab Davashvili. <laughs> Sorry, folks, for the name pronunciation. This is a tough card this week, so we'll do our best. Uh, as we break this one down, I'm really curious as to how you guys go about it. Because if, you, if you're if you a new a new listener, when you, we talk UFC, we're not just coming on here, laying juice on money lines or taking the dog. There's different ways you can go about betting these particular fights. So, Zerillo... When you first look at the the matchup, break that part down, and then tell us how you want to bet it.
2: Yeah, we're not in the apex this week, but we are still using a small cage. That is very important for a bunch of these fights that we're going to talk about. So just did want to contextualize that. And for the main event, smaller cage certainly helps. Mirab, in my opinion, wrestles like a dog on a bone throughout his UFC run. Attempts 16 and a half takedowns per 15 minutes. So takedown every minute. Doesn't have great top control, but he's consistent and reliable to come forward, shoot at your legs, try to grab a body lock and take you down. Or if he can't, he'll press you up against the cage and hold you there for extended periods, as he did with Jose Aldo, basically forced Jose Aldo to retire after that fight. It was so boring, Jose didn't want to fight anymore. But I think Piotr Jan is a nightmare matchup for Murab. He might even be the worst matchup in the division for Murab. Good counter grappler excellent in scrambles and he's clearly the better striker the one weakness we've seen from Jan is the body lock Aljamain Sterling was able to lock in the body lock for three rounds against him and that basically won him the decision against Jan in addition to the fact that Jan is typically a slow starter and usually loses the first round of his fights because he likes to be patient get his reads get his timing down before he starts letting his hands go so always the chance that Jan drops round one in fact it's more often than not that he has dropped it. If you're looking to get a better price on Jan, live after round one may be a decent entry. That said, I don't expect Mirab to inflict a lot of damage on him. Does have some nice kicks. Maybe Jan just doesn't let his hands go at all for the first round and loses it on a lack of activity. But the longer the fight goes, I do expect Jan to eventually open up, and he should land the much more significant, impactful, and damaging strikes. I think the pace might be crazy early on. As I mentioned, Mirab shoots a takedown per minute, We'll see if he changes, because this is his first five-round fight, if he kind of changes his style a little bit just to manage that cardio and that gas tank better over the course of five rounds. But in terms of how I want to bet this fight, because I do expect Jan to keep it on the feet and beat Marab up for portions of it. Jan inside the distance at plus 220 interests me. I projected that closer to plus 185. Mirab is just super durable, and he has phenomenal cardio. So I don't ex- necessarily expect him to fall apart down the stretch. He might slow down but I don't think he'll fall off a cliff completely. And it also takes a lot to put him away. And it's not like Jan is necessarily a one big hitter quitter. He's more of an attritional finisher and he also stays safe. He's not going to go wild trying to finish his opponent. So not as interested in playing the inside distance as I would be in a Jan and the over one and a half rounds. If you can find a same game parlay or I will leave Billy to the way he is looking at playing the fight because Jan and over two and a half rounds is minus 220. Billy has a similar approach. That is basically the same angle so jan in an extended fight because he just generally doesn't start letting his hands go till about the five seven and a half minute mark so that's why i like the correlation with the overs there but i think he has a chance to finish this fight in the later rounds as well as rob tiring all right billy what do you got this weight showdown
3: yeah sean alluded to it i'm i'm seeing the fight pretty much the same way as him the bet I'm making on it is Jan in rounds four, rounds five, or by decision, you know, the fan duel multiple rounds, that's minus 120. He's definitely more built for a five-round fight than Mirab. just that all that aggressive wrestling is really hard to keep up over five rounds, where Jan, you know, manages his pace well, as we've seen. You know, he takes the first round off, kind of builds up slowly. That is all designed around winning five-round fights. And, you know, one thing I wanted to mention, Jan is like the poster boy for my luck rankings column that I do. He has four career losses, three split decisions, and one disqualification in a fight he was winning. Arguably, the last split decision against O'Malley was bad. Like, he should have won that one. The one against Aljamain was pretty close. You know, Sean mentioned his weaknesses to being body-locked and backpacked by Aljamain. Aljamain is extremely tall and long. Merab is not built that way, so I don't think that's going to be the issue. Marab's going to have to more traditionally wrestle him down, stay on top of him, keep his weight on, which just takes a lot. One, takes a lot more energy, and two, is a lot harder to do. So I'm pretty confident that Jan figures this one out at some point or another. You know, that four-fiver decision seems to cover the most likely bases, and at minus 120, it's pretty solid price. But again, agreed with Sean, if you want to be a little bit safer, you can go Jan and over one-and-a-half. or Jan live if you're watching this live and can get a better price on that I think we see it pretty much the same way just slightly different ways to play it
2: yeah and I'm so glad he brought up the points one about the luck rankings because I when I was thinking about this fight I was like I guarantee that Jan is written about at the top of Billy's luck rankings this week because of the last two splits directly but also with the wrestling the body lock that is not a technique Murab employs as you mentioned his limbs are much shorter he's more of a traditional wrestler we're going to look to fight out of the clinch and get throws like that. So, yeah, I don't see him having the same techniques that bothered uh, Jan from Aljo. Even though Marab is one of Aljo's teammates, he doesn't really fight in the same style.
1: And as Billy notes in his uh, write-up, you can find uh, on actionnetwork.com, he has the Jan uh, the Shvili, uh money line fairly valued. Uh, Jan likely undervalued, however, um, in the prop market. So be sure to look carefully. And uh have a look at that article. I'm glad we worked in the luck rankings once again on the podcast. That's uh that's that's must uh must do as far as what we have to do here on the pod. Let's go to favorite underdog, Zarillo. What catches your eye?
2: Yeah, favorite underdog this week. Uh, you know, we're actually gonna get to an underdog that we maybe both prefer in our Friday the night in the next segment, but another underdog I am betting. Is Rafael Sunsau plus 120? Now, I want to get away from betting these 40 year olds like Jessica Panay last week. Just the, the drop off, the likelihood that there's a significant athletic decline once you hit that age is much more apparent. But in this fight, he's facing Dwight or David Grant, who's 37 years old and is also coming in on short notice and doesn't have great cardio. So I actually think a Sunsau would have the cardio advantage if both were on a full camp. Considering Grant is coming in on short notice, I think it's a bigger advantage for a Sun Tao. And I'm less concerned about betting a 40-year-old against the 30-70-year-old than I would be against the 30-year-old on the way up. Um, in the early exchanges, that they're striking, I think Grant can certainly find the chin. And the Sun Tau's chin at this point in his career is a bit of a concern. But the speed differential that you saw in that Cody Garbrandt fight, that's not going to be nearly the speed gap between these two. Garbrandt was able to put him away just because Asuncao couldn't even see the hands that were coming at him from a guy that quick. But Grant, Asuncao, this speed should be much closer here. And all of the grappling upside is in the Asuntao corner. Grant actually hasn't faced that many grapplers on his UFC run. I think Asuncao is going to be able to take him down and potentially submit him. He hasn't submitted somebody in a long time, but his (laughs) submission odds are interesting. I think he either gets the submission or secures enough top time to win a decision. So Asuncao, in my mind, I think you could make him an arguable slight favor here the only real concern is the age but his opponent has that as well
3: billy what do you got underdog yeah this is a tremendous card for underdogs honestly it was hard to narrow this one down i'm going with tony gravely which actually works nicely off of sean's pick tony gravely is fighting victor henry who just lost a unanimous decision to rafael son gravely is a similar fighter but he's 31 far better athlete very very good aggressive wrestler and Victor Henry, he can grapple, but he's not a wrestler. He's happy to accept bottom position while he's looking for triangle submission, stuff like that. I just don't think that's a good way to fight these days, because you're losing minutes all along. If you don't catch the submission, then you've pretty much guaranteed a loss to the fight. And I was impressed by Gravely in some of his recent fights. He, he actually defended a guillotine, which everyone who's listened to this podcast for a long time knows is my pet peeve, because it's really not that hard, but guys get caught in it. You know, defended guillotines really well, stayed out of trouble, maintained top control. I have a little bit of concerns with Gravely's cardio if he's not able to get the takedowns, but if he gets the takedown and he's lying on top of you, that doesn't use a ton of energy. Victor Henry's going to let him lie there and, you know, win minutes, win rounds, which I think is going to be enough to allow Gravely to manage his gas a little bit better. But, you know, as Sean was pointing out, Victor Henry just lost a 40-year-old half-Illis on South. Now he's fighting a 31-year-old up-and-comer, much more athletic, solid striking, good wrestling. I would make Gravely a slight favorite, and you can get him at plus 124. And real quick, not going to do a full explanation on this. Tyson Nam, plus 170. Love him this week. Arian Lipsky at plus 300. Those are just a couple of the other underdogs I'm looking at. I just want to comment
2: on the the Henry-Gravely fight. because Gravely also a fast starter? Billy said he likes him as a pre-fight favorite. I think Gravely is very, very, very likely to win that first round, especially with the wrestling. So if you like Henry, definitely wait live after round one. But from a pre-fight perspective, I think Gravely wins that first round at a high clip. Banks around... Anyone needs to win one of the second tip. Let's
1: go to the guys' fight of the night this week. They have eyed Saeed Nurma Gomedov, Jonathan Martinez. Right now, looking at uh FanDuel, these two fighters uh, going head to head on the uh, main card. Uh, Nurma Gomedov is at minus 260, Martinez plus 205. Those are the money line odds at the FanDuel Sportsbook. First and foremost, as we'd like to do, why did this fight, Zerillo jump out to you, and what's the angle?
2: Yeah, I think the betting public um, really dislikes Sayed They They see him sort of as a guy who keeps overachieving relative to how he looks in the rest of his fights. He's getting finishes, but he isn't necessarily dominating on minutes. He keeps getting lined as a substantial favorite, but he's not necessarily covering his price and how the fights are playing out. He's extremely technical. He doesn't throw a lot of volume. He's the grappling upside in this fight. He doesn't wrestle often. So he's a bit of a weird fighter in that he's extremely talented and you see the well-rounded skill set, but also he doesn't leave himself much upside because of his activity levels. So if this is an extended kickboxing match, it's hard to imagine Jonathan Martinez not leading the fight on volume. He may not necessarily land more damage, but I certainly expect him to land more strikes, mixes it up to all three levels with his kicks. Said has some phenomenally dynamic kicks as well, spinning stuff, spinning strikes of all kinds. So that's what makes him such an interesting fighter because he doesn't necessarily let it go. But when he does, it's very beautiful and very technical. If this fight plays out for an extended amount of time on the feet, I think it's impossible that Martinez doesn't pay off his price tag. This should be a very competitive striking match. Said, as I mentioned, does have the grappling upside. I don't really see it coming into play in this fight to a significant degree, but he is always live to sort of grab a submission and a scramble and finish these fights. So I understand his favoritism. I just think the line is a little bit too wide, particularly if this goes through a decision I would bet Martinez down to about plus 185. I projected him closer to plus 170. There's some plus 220s out there. And I also like him to win by decision. Projected that at plus 260. There's some plus 400s at FanDuel. So I think those are both great bets. Martinez in a longer fight, I think, should be extremely competitive. Will definitely pay off the price under ticket.
1: Billy, both fighters have a four-fight win streak coming in. So how do you go about weighing your decision
3: yeah one of the things i always like to point out when saeed is fighting he is not actually related to habib or umar or any of the other famous Nurmagomedovs. he trains out there in a similar area but i think he gets a little boost on his money line just because people think he's the next habib he's the next umar he's the next makachev no relation just happens to have the same last name and he doesn't really fight like them you know sean pointed out he doesn't grapple very much i think it's about half a takedown per 15 minutes and You know, he did it a ton in his last fight, but he frequently does what I think is just a horrible game plan, which is when your opponent starts to grapple, he looks to lock up guillotines and ends up on his back. He was getting dominated in his last fight, almost got finished a couple times, finally caught one of those guillotines. It worked out for him, but looked like he should have been a massive underdog against Kokromonov in his last fight, and then kind of just pulled that miracle guillotine. That's not a good way to win minutes, right? Because you're on your back, you're tiring your arms out, you're losing the round, whether it works or not, I don't know, but I don't think Martinez is gonna fall for that, especially when we've seen all the guillotines. I also really like Martinez in the stand up. Has some of the best leg kicks in the division, if not the UFC right now. Has finished a fight with leg kicks. His last fight, he just destroyed his opponent's calf, which made the fight super easy for him. The longer this one stays standing, the more I'm gonna be on Martinez. And you know, you can get him plus two ten, plus two fifteen elsewhere in the market. I'm with Sean I'd take him down to about plus one seventy or so.
1: All right, very good. Again, uh, Martinez, Nurmagomedov, both have won four straight fights entering the weekend in Las Vegas. A couple more. We have props and then best bets. So we'll go to the prop market first. Um, often plus money plays here, Zarillo. You have a, a short, a small edge on, on something that you have coming up here.
2: Yeah, heavyweight fight to go to a decision. Uh, Lucas Breski and Williams. Williams making his UFC debut officially. It looked really good on Contender Series out-wrestled a Division One wrestler, which was very impressive. The reason why I like this fight is because we have a couple of light heavyweights competing at heavyweight, not cutting weight. I mentioned last week heavyweight fights end inside the distance 75% of the time. The biggest difference dropping from one weight class to the next in terms of difference in finishing rate is from heavyweight to light heavyweight. There's a 10% drop-off in finishing rate when you move down from 265 to 205 these are 205 pounders moving up to heavyweight without cutting so the finishing rate in my opinion should actually be even lower than 65 percent the light heavyweight average because neither of these guys are cutting weight to get to the weight that they're fighting at i think it's actually more concerning if williams finishes or that the chance that williams finishes Bresky on the feet with his power that would concern me more than the potential for him to finish this one on the mat he tends to control his opponents on the mat and i actually trust Bresky to stay safe on the mat with his jiu-jitsu. So I think we see an extended fight play out, maybe a lot of top time for Williams, maybe some low-paced kickboxing on the feet. But heavyweight overs in general, pretty much the sharp side. A lot of stuff that you see sharp betters have in their portfolios on a week-to-week basis. I projected this fight to go to the decision more than 50% of the time, so getting plus 114 on that bet I think is a solid number. Billy, prop market, what do you think?
3: Yeah, I really like the rescheduled Ryan Span, nikita Krylov fight, assuming it actually happens this time. This was supposed to be the main event a couple weeks ago. Then it was a 205-pound fight. This time they're doing a 215 catchweight. Then it was supposed to be a five-round fight. This time they're bringing it back to three rounds. I think both of those things favor span pretty heavily. He is massive. He's 6'5 with like a 6'10 wingspan. Just massive for the division. So giving him extra 10 pounds should give him a little bit of extra juice. And, you know, he's a guy who fights very aggressively, not having to worry about saving two extra rounds of cardio, I think is a huge edge in his direction. So I'm looking at him to win in either of the first two rounds at plus 250 on FanDuel. He has seven UFC wins, six of them he's stopped in the first two rounds. This is another, I'm not very confident he's going to win, but if he wins, it's going to be early. Not a great cardio guy, very risky fighter. You know, he's either going to win or lose fairly quickly it's going to make that happen but plus 250 is a really good odds when you compare it to his money line of plus 140 plus 150 range
2: i just want to comment because we talked about this fight two weeks ago as our main event i was on krylov at the time in a five-round fight i do not like him here in a three-round fight it just sort of lowers his ceiling because if that fight had extended to the fourth or fifth round or gone to a decision he was so likely to win the three-round fight doesn't have that upside in addition to the fact that as Billy said the catch weight. And also the fact that Krylov pulled out of that last fight because he was sick. So who knows how he's in, in the gym, how he was feeling in between the two fights. It sounded like it was a stomach illness, but all the same, that's three red flags on his side relative to the previous booking. It's a pass for me now.
1: Finally, best bets for UFC Vegas, again, taking place at the theater at the, from the theater at the Virgin hotels.
2: Um, Zorillo, you can go first, your best bet. As Billy told us earlier, it is Pleasure Man Fight Week. Anton Turcali, I like him on the money line at minus 110. He was dog money earlier in the week. The line is sort of creeped towards his side as the week has gone along. Looking at some sharper books, he's gotten up to minus 120, and his opponent is sitting at even money. So I think the sharp money has certainly poured in on Turcali. Lost his UFC debut at a catchweight to Jelton Almeida, a potential two-division future champion at light heavyweight and heavyweight. Elite grappler never was going to look good in that matchup. He's going to take on a contender series alum here who has a 100% finish rate, but against low-level competition. This is a striker versus grappler matchup. Petrino the striker. Terkali the grappler. I expect Petrino to be dangerous in round one, but after that he should start to fade because he's not used to getting extended. So Terkali pre-fight minus 110 live after round one, especially if he gets clipped but looks okay after the round would look to better him at a better price than minus 110 and then last I like that money line up to minus 125 and then lastly his submission or decision prop at plus 180 given the grappling upside i think he either gets a submission or top times uh his opponent for an easy 15 minute decision so give me the pleasure man at minus 125
3: or better and billy take us home just to add on to Sean real quick um Anyone listen to this, go to the Tapology page for Turkali. It is by far the best combination of nickname and profile picture I've ever seen on Tapology. Just throwing that out there. Um, I'm looking at Cedric Dumas. He was minus 140, minus 150 range earlier in the week. Loved the money line of that price. Ton of money coming in on him. He's all the way down to minus 250 in some spots. More commonly, minus 210, minus 215. That's a lot to pay on a UFC debut. But he's finished six of his seven wins, massive middleweight. He's fighting Josh Fremd, who's kind of just a guy. You know, he's 0-2 in the UFC. not all, Nothing exceptional. Not really horrible at anything. No real strong skills. So his inside the distance line, though, on Dumas is still minus 125. I think that's a massive value relative to his money line. Just because we've never really seen him, contender series or otherwise, fight long into a fight. You know, he comes out there. He gets guys out of there. Huge power. Some good submissions as well. And there's a lot of question marks about how we do down the stretch. So those lines should be a lot closer than they are to each other right now. If you were betting this earlier in the week, I'd say just take the money line. But right now, I'm minus 125 inside the distance is not bad at all. So it's it's half of his money line price? I'm using the best line on the inside the distance compared to the worst line on mm. his money line. It's so not a, yeah, it's point. still implying Consensus that he only wins inside not,
2: the distance like 60% of the time. Right. If he wins, that should probably be closer to about 70, 75%. So, yeah, that, that seems short to me as well.
1: Yeah, Dumas at minus 215 right now at FanDuel, Got it in half. All right, gents, that'll do it. Thanks to Billy Ward, Sean Zarillo. You can find both of them in the Action Network app individually. They will have plays, the plays from this podcast, anything else that they might add. Keep an eye out in the Action Network app. Free to download, award-winning app. Highly encourage you to check it out. That'll do it for the UFC Vegas betting preview on the Action Network podcast presented by FanDuel. You can find more from these guys, as I said. Also, uh, one more plug for Billy. Check out the luck rankings uh, right up for UFC Vegas. Great stuff. Overvalued fighters to avoid. Undervalued fighters that you want to bet now. Um, good stuff from Billy. Best of luck with your picks this weekend, everybody. We'll see you next time on the Action Network podcast.